Welcome back for episode two of the 2021 season of Honesty. Uh, this week, we're going to delve into our relationships with our bodies, but not necessarily from a body image perspective. For example, we've talked a lot about body hair before. This time around, it's going to be the relationship with your kind of body as a whole. We will delve, delve into some specifics, but I guess to kick things off, how would you both describe your relationship between you and your body? Mm. Like at the moment, it may have changed, but kind of currently. Um, I'd say I'm content yeah i i was i would say that as well yeah it's like good. I, I feel like we feel like uh personally i put my body through a lot so it's like thank you for trying to keep up with me in in oh. this current climate do you know what i mean it's just like <laughs> yeah. gr- grateful contentness that is cute yeah i think just you know i'm not not thinking too hard about her she's just she's just trucking along <laughs> it's all good and how would you say you Tra- Hold on. Historic- how was how was your? About, what about you? <laughs> what about you? <laughs> I just have to ask the questions. Um, <laughs> um, she's going through changes. Like we're working on her. We're trying to improve her. It's a work in progress. But I'm like fairly content with that progress. Mm. And I know that that progress isn't like essential. Like there's no one sat there with a, a ticking clock saying, you know, you need to hit this point by this time. It's more just. I'm happy where it's at. If it slows down, that's fine. If it stops, that's fine. If it keeps going, that's fine. Honestly, mm-hmm. as soon as you said that, I was just thinking of the fucking the song Body Yaddy 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 Yaddy. Big titty Little waist. <laughs> we are just trying to be making the stallion out here. Yes. <laughs> Oh, she's got some next level knees though. You know my knees are bad, so oh they're literally God. trying to make it. <laughs> Yeah, and and how would you say you you view your relationship with your body, be it from a religious context, spiritual context, whether you don't really think that much into it? Because I would say I don't necessarily think hugely about the connection between the two. But do you have particular views on it being like the housing to your soul or whatever? Yeah, hundred percent. Like I literally just see my like I, I just see us as sort of like not necessarily celestial beings but we are kind of that like you know we are entities we are souls we are more than just like you know synapses and fucking electrical waves in the brain um we are more than that and we are housed in this fleshy suit and for me personally um it's when we die it's perfectly okay for you know the body to decay and become one with Gaia again um and that's sort of how I see, like, for me, spiritually, it's very, it's, everything's really interlinked, like, life, source, etc. Like, it's sort of like the Ouroboros, right? Like, the snake eating itself, like, it's all one continuous life cycle. So, when I die, I want to be a tree, so I can give back to nature and become one with nature again, because, you know, we are just carbon, and we are just, you know, things come from nature, so... Bar my tits. I'll have to take my tits out before I get (laughs) (laughs) right into a tree. I'd be like, ma'am, can you take the silicone out first? (laughs) I think that's the second uh, Ouroboros reference of the season. (laughs) I'm pretty sure I tried to reference it last week, but I could not remember the name. Ouroboros. Ouroboros. I don't don't think I have any kind of thought about what my body uh, links 
to God. I can't really remember how you phrase the question, but yeah, I think I think I'm just like um, you don't necessarily put too much like onus on like a spiritual yeah ideal yeah exactly. It. I think if she's strong, if she's able to like do the jobs, basically, I think like if anything went really really wrong and we suddenly had to be in a revolution. <laughs> Like, could you I love bringing up a revolution at every given opportunity? I think about it so much nowadays. We will ever if that ever happened, could I hold my own and like be physically strong <laughs> enough to like <laughs> to like do what I need to do? Well, that's a nice little segue to my next question. Really, you know, sometimes we sometimes we build up a bit in these episodes, but we're just going to dive right into. Why do some of the more complex moments in our relationships with our bodies? And we'll start with you because you just mentioned that. <laughs> We're going to take it back to the time you tore your ACL. Uh... So take, give a bit of an overview, as long as it's not too oh, triggering gosh, no. of the incident itself. I mean, touch wood, you know, like we're all good. I actually. At the moment, I thank my body for like not giving me pain. Um, I think it's the first time in ages I haven't. Anyway, back to 2018, I think, or 17 slash 18. And I was um, playing netball uh, for Biosoc in the university. Um, it was just a leisure, leisure game between two societies. I was basically stepping in because I needed more players. And I was really like, I was having a lot of fun. Um, probably didn't warm up very well. Was being a bit of a hero, I would say. I think I was, I was doing bits, but, you know, didn't work out. So I, <laughs> yeah, I tore my ACL uh, during the match and I I just stepped really awkwardly and it was... At the time, I just heard, I just felt something go, and like my knee was like not <laughs> not doing the knee things it needed to do. <laughs> so I was just I like crawled off to the edge of the court, and like they carried on playing, and I was just sitting there like, don't throw up, like just don't throw up. And I think I was in a lot of shock, but um, yeah, I got my dad to like pick me up from uni like immediately after the match. It was so dumb as well. The whole time I was like, I could have just not played. I could have just not done that one jump and it would have been all good. Um, but yeah, we went straight to the hospital and uh, so we, we were waiting for ages. Um, we got to the A&E, um, like the consultant's room and um, they were like, oh, walk for me. <laughs> I was like, okay. And I was walking and I was like, oh my God. I think I'm healed. I think I'm fine. <laughs> as soon as I said that, my knee gave way. Literally. And then my knee gave way. And I was like, oh, fuck. Like, this is really bad. It just made me feel sick. Um, so, yeah, long story short, we found out that uh, it was torn. And then um, I was going through physiotherapy to get back on my feet before surgery. But we knew that surgery was necessary. So I think a year, not a year, like, um, eight months later I got um, surgery done to my knee and then went through physiotherapy again the joke thing is as soon as I did my ACL I saw loads of people with the same um, it's like a jointed um, brace on my leg it was pretty hefty um, and just everyone on campus seemed to be doing their ligaments in because I just suddenly felt like part of oh my it God, a, little cult. Like a group just like a gang because uh, there's just so many yeah literally just so many people doing it um, yeah it was quite it was I wish it was more heroic than that but yeah I, I got surgery done and then 
I think a year yeah because I was in London a year later I finished um, physiotherapy and I felt all good yeah it's been a bit of a journey I've had a few scares I've had one very major scare since then that I thought I retore it and since then I've been like ultra cautious about like the kind of shoes I wear and stuff like that much of an emotional journey for you going through that (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) Yeah. i I would say it's probably the most the hardest um... i love that you're laughing like it's the hardest thing i've ever been through (laughs) because i i was literally like my whole plan was ruined like I thought I would never leave Birmingham again I thought I was I was very dramatic at the time but also it felt like it was it just stopped me it really stopped me from having confidence in my body like I really just like I still I don't know if I'll ever run again just because I'm scared Mm. of putting that kind of strain on my joints uh, especially that knee um like will I will I ever trust myself in heels probably not and I probably will never get drunk enough to like um lose control of my body because I know that now I can do quite a bit of damage to it without knowing um yeah at the time it was it was really bad because I was in final year and um we had like a load of assessments due and it was basically the cherry on top of a really stressful like just like a super intense year and it was only like November so we weren't even like the best part way through it but it just felt right that something like this would happen and I was just like run oh my god guys I was like running around campus on crutches because I still had shit to do but I I wasn't letting my body rest and I was getting frustrated at it Mm -hmm. because it wasn't working the way I wanted it to um and I was also scared to like push forward and you know walk properly like it was just really psychological that something bad was going to happen um so yeah I I mean that year traumatized me anyway but I think that was just like a bit of a pivotal moment for me where I was just like fuck no like I'm not invincible were you surprised at Um, how emotional you found the experience kind of if you take the final year stress aside to an extent if you kind of isolate the incident in itself and what you mentioned mm. about confidence in your body, were you surprised? I I wasn't surprised that I would feel frustrated and that I would feel scared. I, I almost expect myself to feel uh, ultra cautious, scared like that. I'm, I'm kind of one of those people that worry. Um, I was surprised at how much... I was able to bounce back from it because at the time I really thought like this is it like I'm never going to be able to properly um you know walk long distances I was very dramatic <laughs> again like I obviously I was very young I was very but the things I was being told <laughs> but like, I think for like someone in our 20s like you, you know it's if there was ever a time to do it I guess like when you're younger and like fitter it's better but yeah, I don't think I was surprised about the negative benef- the negative impacts on my mental health, but I definitely was surprised that I was able to do a lot of the things that I do now and have. Like, I guess it's one of those. It's a big lesson again. as to how the body can recover, and how, I guess how strong the body is when it comes to getting over things like that. 
Yeah, it it definitely is. And I think a lot of the physiotherapy people and stuff like that, they were they were saying, you know, go for the like I they were like giving me goals and things like that. And I just wasn't trusting that it would work out for me. So things like um like weightlift like weightlifting, going to the gym, uh getting back on a treadmill, which I did yeah. at some at one point. Um yes, uh and then sort of even the goal of playing netball again and I know I have um a friend that went back to like playing a professional level sport like quite intense sport um from the same injury so you know you know that it can be done but I just couldn't trust my body to do it but yeah I got you know I got shown that the body has a lot of capability to as long as you build it up and feed yourself right and do the physiotherapy and stretch it out um it, would you yeah, would you say you're still okay. on Touch that journey of <laughs> kind of trusting your body again and its capabilities or do you think you're almost over the hump uh no i'm 100% on that journey like i as I, I can look back and say see how far i've come but i just feel like there's so much there's so much more that I want to do. I feel like lockdown has really um, taken me quite a few steps back because when I was going to the gym, uh, I was focusing on like leg strength and uh, just getting into a routine of building up my uh, muscles back. And um, since we've obviously since COVID's happened, we've not really been, I basically haven't touched a gym since then. And I, <laughs> I mean, sod's law, like I was, so I, my goal is to be sh- like muscularly strong in my legs so that I will always have support around my knee. That's what the physiotherapy was doing and everything like that. It wasn't about making the knee stronger. It was about making uh, the leg able to support it because it wasn't, it would never be the same anyway. Um, and I went back to like swimming in. Oh, I remember December. you were very gassed about. Yeah, I was so gassed about it. And I was like, it was just so obviously I only got like two sessions in and then we had to uh, lock down again. I really look forward to going back to that. But yeah, so my journey's definitely not complete, but it's, I can appreciate how far we've come because my God, like <laughs> it was so I remember, bad. I remember like I kind of go yeah, out and okay. you'd have like the brace on under your yeah. trousers. So you had to pick trousers <laughs> that like were wide enough brace oh my god there are so many pictures from that like I think that winter where I suddenly had like I wanted to maintain the lifestyle that we were having but this massive bulky brace and like the fears that I had around my knee were like constantly like overwhelmingly above me so um I remember we went to a Daniel Caesar concert was it Daniel Caesar and um I had my brace on and then we oh went to the God, wrong venue and we had to run across town. <laughs> <laughs> and I was still in the brace, but um, I the brace kept slipping off stressful. and this, that. It was such a faff. So stressful. But the thing that the thing is, like, we managed to do it. And yeah, I've, I'm glad that I didn't, even though mentally I was like, oh, like, this is a little bit worrying. I just like, did it anyway and just just to see if it worked out and stuff so it's really difficult to talk about because I think there's a lot of layers to the experience that 
the ACL thing had. You, like, it became my identity. Felt for you. This is just another episode <laughs> of how can we trigger Poonam again, basically. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but it, 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 really, it really did become like my whole personality, everything that I did. Oh, I also got to try codeine, <laughs> which is such a good drug. <laughs> I do not endorse uh, illegal uh, illegal drugs on this epi- on this show. It's a prescription. It's okay. No, it's a well, you're okay when it is prescribed. <laughs> yeah, just take it in moderation when it's prescribed as per the prescription. Yeah, exactly. Tramadol's yeah. better yeah. though. If you ever get a chance to take tramadol, it's so good. <laughs> it's like a stronger version, and it's just like a real good opiate. It's like whoa, it hits you good. Oh my goodness. Oh, and also another side note: If you're ever going to a concert in Birmingham, check which yeah. O2 venue you're going to. Don't be like me and get to the wrong one. Oh we God. almost saw Malik Berry with like a room full of eighteen-year-olds. We literally were in the queue. We were in the queue. We were like, "This doesn't look like the crowd that would attract <laughs> Daniel Caesar." <laughs> This doesn't look like a Daniel Caesar concert. It's so funny. And we weren't even the only people. We followed this couple back because they also <laughs> did the same thing as us. And they didn't know where they were as well. Oh. They were visiting. We were like, we'll show you the way. Awesome. Just follow, just yeah. follow us. Follow this crippled woman and her friend. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you I just also... wobbling around like, my <laughs> knees. <laughs> Literally. I was just like, because my brace was underneath my jeans. It just looked like I was like, I don't know what the fuck it looked like. It was a bit mad. One fat leg. Yeah, like a really <laughs> fat leg. I would have wore oh, it on the outside, like a bitch, I'm bionic. I, I probably should have, looking back. But um, yeah, I was just, I was too concerned about the fit. Um, also, I was going to say, I also had the experience of having surgery pushed back, which was so frustrating um, because it felt like the gateway for the rest of my life. So until that moment, I would have to like pause my life um they originally moved it to um graduation time and I was like oh my god I'm gonna have to miss everything so I didn't buy a ticket to the grad fest and like the big celebrations because I was like this isn't gonna happen and then they moved it forward or back depending on how you you say that um to September so I managed to attend everything like I really you know what the universe was on my side I got to have my graduation properly and then uh go into surgery and recover but um yeah. you look so good at graduation thank you thank you i was i was going ham i was like for surgery i felt the fittest i'd ever felt and i think that was the goal was to get you really like optimally conditioned that was that the year you were doing gymnastics as well no no <laughs> the irony was the irony was that the before i did gymnastics and i i came away from that without a scratch and the one year I didn't really take a sport at all, I got like a potentially life, ch- not life changing. Why am I so dramatic? But um, yeah, pretty big in- in- injury. I think it was just my own. Um, God, I'm gonna stop talking about this because I could go on, but it was a journey. It was a journey, <laughs> and I guess to round it off, what would you say your like main takeaway was? don't beat yourself up so much like I just I really beat myself up and when people would say oh this is like gonna stop you doing this that the other I just get I got angry at myself for giving myself the injury um whereas actually more of now is like if I fall off and I don't like 
I stop conditioning or I feel weaker, then I'll just pick myself up from that point. But it's a journey. It's not like a race to anywhere. I don't really have any goals. So be easy on yourself. And if you ever do get injured like that, um, I know it can be quite frustrating if you have goals and stuff. But yeah. All right, on to Mia. We're going to delve into a different kind of complex relationship. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Um, so as the listeners will, will know, you transitioned. Give us like a brief overview of like the timeline of that. Um, yeah, so I started medically transitioning and by that I mean taking hormones and testosterone blockers. Um, I think 2019 yes 2019 um and then in 20 no was it 2019 or 2018 fuck knows at some point girl it was at some point in my life um yeah I think it was 2018 2018 and then 2019 Um, yeah then 2018 I started medically transitioning uh and then uh it was when I was I think 20 I think I was about 21 and um I like planned for surgery um to sort of get my breast augmentation and vaginoplasty done and it was like so many things happen to you because like you start your body starts to change when you're on hormones you go through a second puberty and then within a year so essentially within a year I planned to get surgery (laughs) and then it was like one year and four months, I think. And then I had surgery after being on hormones. And that was, it was a journey, honey. I was going to say, like, I can imagine that the changes to your body, it's like seeing your body as you've never seen it before. Like, how was that for you? Was it a posi- an overwhelmingly positive experience or was it a roller coaster? What would you say? It was a roller coaster. It was always really bittersweet because... Um, the main part of my dysphoria um, was my genitalia. So, like, I hated to look down because I was like, oh, there's a pee-pee there. I don't want a pee-pee. Go away. Um, and But then when I was on hormones, um, my waist started to go in and I started to get some shape to my body. Um, my cheeks, uh, you know, my, my cheekbones uh, started to get more, like, my cheeks became fuller. So when I smile and, like, you know, etc. Like I, I have fuller cheeks, more like a woman does. My skin became so soft because my um, th- there was an increased fat layer underneath my skin, which women have, um, and fat redistribution happens where, um, where as you gain weight, you'll start to gain weight in areas that women gain weight rather than where men gain weight because it's two very different things. Men typically gain weight sort of like in their gut, uh, whereas women get it in their chest, in their in their in their butt thighs etc um and it's not just like an overhang of belly and like weird skinny legs I started to fill out more um and then obviously I was going through all these amazing changes I was like oh my god I'm gonna be so pretty and then like they're like oh wait (laughs) I still have a willy (laughs) (laughs) so yeah it was it, it was an ordeal um and then I like booked my surgery and everything and then I flew to India to get surgery but there was a moment (laughs) 
similar to like Poonam's, um, you know, the whole dates being pushed and stuff like that, where my, um, where a month before, I think, uh, or a couple of weeks before, like two weeks, three weeks before, um, my surgeon messages me like, hey, can you just confirm your like weight and stuff and height and just, just reconfirm it so we know you're at the optimal weight. And um, I send him my weight and he's like, oh, you've gained too much weight. We can't do the surgery. Oh, and I was like, Jesus. wait, what? And this was like, I shit you not, like a week before I was meant to fly out or something. Um, and I was like, wait, what? No, like, I'm very tall. I have muscle mass, you know, like it's it's not like, dude, no. <laughs> I'm coming to mm-hmm. India. You're doing the surgery. I don't care. Um, and we became into an agreement. So basically, when you gain too much weight, there there's too much fat internally around blood vessels, especially within the sigmoid colon where I had um like a part of that move to create the internal lining of my vagina so if the surgeon can't see how many blood vessels you have you can get necrosis and your vagina will like essentially rot and decay and fall in on itself so it was for my benefit but when i got there i sent i sent pictures of myself i said look i'm not fat like the sir no (laughs) um and he's like "Hmm, we'll see when you get here and then i arrived on like a thursday or a friday in india and then until Monday, I was like barely fed anything. I was just like living off watermelon, <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> which made me like drop a like a fair bit of weight. And also, they um, when they measured me and stuff, my BMI was just in the optimal like space. So I was like in India, not knowing if I'm gonna get surgery. Like it was crazy. Um, well, to be fair, I had my breast augmentation done, so like it was. Like, by the time I got to, like, Monday, I had my breast augmentation, and that was okay. And then I lost shit tons of more weight because of the anesthetic. Like, um, it doesn't it doesn't bode well with me. Like, being knocked out and being woken up, like, makes me really nauseous and sick. So, like, mm-hmm. having that entire thing and being like, fuck, like, what? Like, okay, I'm skinny enough to get the surgery. Let's do this. Come on. Um but it was so traumatic being in that sort of space where it's like your entire world is crumbling because it's like this might not happen that fucked me up that that mm-hmm. week i can imagine that the whole process of going through the surgery and the build up to the surgery is in a complete emotional roller coaster in itself that i can't even begin to try and fathom and then you're adding in those extra pressures on top as well like jesus yeah and like not to mention, like, I had gained weight because of my family. Like, my family were like, oh, no, if you get this surgery, we're going to cut you off. Like, nah, fuck off, type thing. So, like, my family were, like, ready to disown me. And I'm trying to get surgery. And they're trying to disown me because I'm getting surgery. And it was just, like, one thing after the other. So, like, my mental health was not good. And it was a fucking shit show, mate. Mm. And and then it's like, hmm. After, like, when I woke up from surgery, you know, people are like, oh my God, did you have a moment where you were like, oh my God, I'm gonna cry, I don't have a pee pee anymore. But, like, it was literally like, I woke up and I felt whole. Like, I felt like so much like myself. And it was just like a, the thing, like, it was just fine. But unfortunately, I have a lot of ailments. Like, I'm. I'm not the, like the the wellest person in the world, <laughs> if that makes sense. Like, um, 
I've got arthritis. I've got muscle and nerve damage in my lower back from when I used to get beat up. Like, there's so much stuff wrong with my body. I have asthma. I have um, a very severe case of IBS slash, like, Crohn's or colitis. They don't know what it is. Like, there's a lot of things wrong with my body. So recovery from surgery was so painful and really complex compared to normal because you know for a normal patient they would like it, it's a lot quicker and it's a lot easier whereas I didn't eat for like two weeks I physically didn't eat after my surgery for like two weeks maybe two and a half weeks I can't even remember but I lost 10 kilos um Jesus of weight yeah I came back so thin um my best friend hugged me she was like you're all tits and bones what the fuck you look like Wendy <laughs> Williams I was like ah! <laughs> um but yeah like it was it was really tough to go through that and then have on top of that the turmoil of being alone in India um getting all of this done to you I died for a while and then what? I was resuscitated no. um, yeah I died during surgery then was resuscitated and then like and that's because <laughs> again I have a very fragile body not only is my mind fragile my body is like uh uh-uh, I ain't playing games bah. um I almost had um like blood poisoning like yeah it was it was it was a whole fucking ordeal um I forget the name for it. Sepsis. I almost got sepsis. Um, oh my god! It was yeah. It wasn't an easy situation, and it wasn't because I was in India. It probably would have happened if I was in the UK as well. I just my body is not strong enough to go through these things, um, like at all. Like I put my body. But you know what it. it did, and it got through. Yes, ma'am. And it yeah. So it, it's been a real like drain mentally and physically. Um, but you know, my body is my home and that's how I see it. And having gone through all that emotional turmoil, the physical turmoil, like fuck me, like I was in agony for months after my surgery as well. Like, um, but it made me the person I am today, but also I respect my body so much more because it, not only is it where I need it to be in regards to the gender and well sex etc but it keeps me going like it's fucked up like (laughs) i have a fucked up body but she's still keeping me going yes some days i can't write or type because my arthritis is flaring so much um, and my fingers start to swell but that's okay you know she did great up until then so i'm not gonna like you know i've stopped hating my body and I know a lot of things that are like wrong with me are not necessarily in my control, but some things are like um, trigger warning. I'm going to talk about suicide. So tap out if you need to. Um, yeah, like I know that there's certain things that have not gone well with my like, internal organs because I tried to overdose several times um, with medication that fucks up like your liver, your kidneys, etc. And polycystic liver and kidney disease runs in my family so that's not always easy to deal with mm-hmm. so like I'm just so thankful to still be here um like after trying to off myself so many times and being so fragile um like I'm I'm grateful to be here and you know the body is doing amazing things we're always you know changing developing getting stronger etc and I want to get to the point where I can I'm able to give my body what it needs you know, like I 
I'm mentally not doing great. So, so I eat like shit. Stacey saw all yesterday. I was having a McFlurry on a Teams call. Um, <laughs> which is stupid because I had such bad cramps later on because of the whole IPS. Yeah, we also did the most exercise in our office. Like side note, we're doing a fitness incentive at the moment that I'm running in our company. And Mia did the highest out of anyone. Nice. Yeah. It's mainly because like, you know, I do a lot of meditation and yoga because yoga and meditation to me is not just for myself it's a way to give back to my body you know um yeah. i think like anybody who's experienced muscle or nerve or anything sort of pain wise you'll understand that the the more stiff you are the more that you don't move the worse it gets mm, and my definitely. physiotherapist taught me like for such a young from from a young age because i was like i don't know 14 15 when i was um, in, in physio and it was just like do stretches <laughs> do stretches etc and yeah that's when i started to get into into yoga and pilates i don't do pilates anymore it, <laughs> it, oh, it's too much work but um yoga is essentially my way of giving back and being like thank you for doing everything you do I'll, this is I'm, I'm trying my best to give back to you now you know mm. you've got me to this point it's my turn to take care of you you know, I'm turning 25 this year, and to me, 25 is like the tipping point for like you start to age. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Don't, don't remind me, please don't remind me of that. <laughs> well, women stop producing collagen at the age of 20 at the age of 25. That's oh when <laughs> you have to start using things like anti wrinkle creams. Plot twist: I'm on estrogen for my entire life, which means estrogen is one of the key functions to create collagen. So I'm going to be youthful forever. <laughs> and then me already starting to see like forehead wrinkle lines like mm. forming i'll buy you botox for christmas <sighs> no oh but then God. you have to keep it up like yeah that's fine i'll I'll, I'll just keep buying you botox <laughs> i'll just me I'll and Poonam, it's fine we'll we'll, we'll pull our finances <laughs> we'll be like um, botox for you and then every year we'll increase the area so 20 like when you're 25 forehead and then when you're 26 uh, crow's feet you know, etc. We'll just like it's crazy. Gonna come out. <laughs> oh my goodness! Yeah. No, no, no Botox. So I'll just, I'll just age. I'll just let it happen. Nice. It's gonna happen anyway. <laughs> Not for me, though. <laughs> Not for me. Well, no, my face and like I won't be wrinkly and saggy. I'll always look kind of youthful, but my body will deteriorate. So I'll just be there, like, <laughs> like in a fucking crutch in a wheelchair or something. Like my body gave up on me. But do I look pretty? Yes. <laughs> um but that's it that's sort of like that's it from my side i can go on and like talk about all my experiences with my body and how that's affected me both emotionally and physically but we'll be here all day so stacy would you say almost to summarize that that process that well that journey that you're ongoing with has felt like an evolution of sorts oh 100 you know like it's like I joked saying like I'm like a Pokemon a fucking evolution call me Jigglypuff but it is legit true like I went from oh my god I'm gonna be so bad and make a Pokemon reference and not fully know what I'm talking about but people who <laughs> know Pokemon will know what I'm talking about I was like a Magikarp and then I then I evolved and ma when Magikarp evolves it turns into this like dragon thing and it's like boss as fuck and it's so strong and that's how I feel like yeah do you know what i mean like i think life 
is always an evolution. You are not the same person you were yesterday because you have learned experiences from that day that are going to change and impact your life going forward. And as someone who's, you know, started a long um, therapy training or therapy course, um, as in like I'm getting therapy for like the next six months, as someone who's just started that, it sort of, it reinforces the sort of like achievement process. Like, wow, my body is amazing. It's doing great things. It's a hell of a lot. And like, you're coming out stunting still. <laughs> She's got, you know what? I, I genuinely think people are always like, you've been through so much. How the fuck have you kept like, how do you still smile every morning and act like everything's fine? I'm like, mm, it's the Indian in me. Do you know what I mean? Like you have to act like everything's fine. Even if like shit's burning down, like, Mm. that meme that <laughs> of like the dog in like the burning room <laughs> this is fine <laughs> this is fine that's literally me like that's my head and then outside i'm like hi how are you oh but Maybe, um uh... you got you know like you gotta move you, you gotta move that's insane i also i i just thought that was insane just from like the start of your medical tra- transition how much changes um through the hormones and stuff like that's i i couldn't even imagine like the kind of thing your body's gone through to like get to where you are now and i really and like where you are you. bad respect yeah. let me tell you going through like you know when you're younger and your breasts start to develop mm-hmm. um i'm saying this to you too because i didn't go through that when i was younger um a traumatizing time in itself <laughs> yeah like it was, <laughs> it's traumatizing when you're younger try going through that in your 20s bitch yeah it is not the one like just trying to navigate life and then like a slight brush on your chest from like you know your cloth and you're like oh my nips oh my titties like it's so fucking <laughs> painful and i'm going through it now because um i was off estrogen for a year um and i'm back on estrogen and my tits are starting to grow again and i'm like oh no not anymore like jesus my tits are already huge like please don't Mm. do this to me and now they're like really painful like my nips are killing me (laughs) oh what a a wild wild ride Uh, i like where you are now i like that i like that mentality that you've got it's thanks thank you so much Stacey, let's talk about your trauma. No, your trauma. Your relationship (laughs) with your body. Enough of my trauma (laughs) in various various episodes of this. Um, To be fair, my next topic kind of links to a bit of my trauma, but it's 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 an all round one to get some takes on. Okay, okay. As much as I said, we won't delve too much into body image. We are to an extent, so we're gonna talk about the topic of like weight. And then also like physical exercise as well. So we're just tying the, the two together because they do kind of tie in quite nicely. So I guess if you if you want me to give some insight into my trauma, yes, I was definitely always on the a bit on the larger side growing up. I always felt it. I don't know if I was seeing like the reality, but I definitely always felt it. Um, and I used to play a lot of sport, so I played football when I was I started that when I was about eight. And I played till I was about 13, 14. I played netball, probably about a similar time frame. But I think I carried on netball a little bit longer, perhaps. Um, I like really enjoyed sport, really enjoyed team sport, really enjoyed PE. Running, not so much. Still hate running. Will never run, I don't think. Running, but, honestly. You know, just I used to love running. No, but that was never that was never my thing. Like I was a keeper in football. I didn't have to run that much. Um 
And I think one of the reasons I stopped playing football and stopped playing sport as much was when my body started changing. So I just didn't feel comfortable ever. Mm. And like, I don't know, like as your body starts changing, you're having to do things like running around and stuff like you, you do just feel uncomfortable. And I think at sleepovers, I'd be the type to go and like change in the bathroom. I don't think I'm like massively different now. I'm probably not as like precious about it as I was mm-hmm. as a kid, but like in the changing rooms, it was always just uncomfortable. Just never loved that whole experience because I always felt like my body just wasn't like, just wasn't great. Didn't mm-hmm. look great. And that was, that was pretty traumatizing. But like, as I got older, I just accepted it. Like I'd stopped playing sport by that point. So that I was just wasn't really thinking about it. And over the past few years, I got a bit more into netball again. Like at uni, I played a bit of rounders here and there. Um, so I guess I got used to those changes. Well, I had to get used to those changes. Um, and on the back of that, I've kind of ended up in quite a good place now where I've chosen to lose some weight just for my own good. I didn't have to. I just wanted to make my body a bit stronger and a bit healthier, particularly because I have bad knees because I'm flat, really flat-footed. <laughs> so I've been... I've been working out for four or five months now. Um, I've lost just over a stone. Um, It's a slow process, like a very slow process, but I've been told that's the best way to kind of do it. And, you know, week to week, sometimes your weight doesn't change at all. Um, I'm currently PMSing. For anyone that didn't know, because I didn't know this until recently, your weight goes, you gain weight during like that week of PMS. Yep. Yeah. don't think you've eaten too much and gained a load of weight it's it's natural it happens mm-hmm. like your cycle impacts your weight quite a lot um but yeah i'm in it i'm in a much better place now but that's off the back of a vaguely traumatic relationship with my body growing up did you play sports in a mixed setting or was it like mainly just all girls kind of playing um primary school was well, it was mixed school, so like PE would have been mixed, mm. but my team sports were just girls' teams, and then secondary school was a girls' school. Yeah, I think that's really sad that like I think, and I think a lot of people experience the same thing you experience, where you go, you're going through puberty, and suddenly your body doesn't really feel like something. <laughs> almost doesn't feel like a safe space. You're like, I no, don't yeah. like this anymore, and I and like yeah I really feel for you that's that's really shit I'm glad you feel like everyone to an extent goes through it in that that time yeah it's so common I get flashbacks to when so me and Poon I went to school together we went to an all-girls school that had a boys school on the same site Mm. and the sports hall was shared but there was a dance studio in there and we would have we had like compulsory dance lessons as part of our like PE curriculum and I think it was just year seven and eight, but you had to wear a leotard. So weird. And they, they were horrific. They were horrible. They were like black, like shiny leotards. That sounds horrific. And they were not fun. And the dance studio, oh the window, God. it was all open windows and they backed onto the boys' rugby pitch. So uncomfortable. Because boys rugby. The girls' school, we never got to use the rugby pitches. Um and I just remember, like, the chaos that would ensue if you were in your leotard or in your later years when you were just doing dance and the boys would come out onto the rugby pitch, the curtains would be closed in, like, an instant. There would be screams. There would be chaos. <laughs> no I would do. Ah! 
no one wanted everyone felt i hate that feeling i had a flashback to it recently takes me back it's so bad like those leotards did not like if you were going through puberty i mean you just yeah there's no hiding your body in those things and it was such an exposing (laughs) (laughs) they were they were awful i had the leggings as well did you have the leggings too yeah oh yeah 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 yeah, definitely oh i wouldn't i would never wish that on anyone (laughs) (laughs) they were they were pretty awful and then our PE kit after that like wasn't as bad but even then just having to do dance and the potential of being watched by the boys was just it was there was no that was not gonna happen <laughs> it was like exhilarating but also it was absolutely mortifying. mortifying and you just couldn't like you couldn't commit to anything because you're like this is so this is gonna be on watch the whole time like the boys oh, are the boys no. aren't out okay we're, we're okay we're okay because it was quite a nice little view out the dance oh, studio but yeah when the curtains needed to be closed they needed to be closed it's so shit as well like when girls would have to i don't know if that i don't know if this is a rule in school but taking off the the hijab oh, that to, was like, a big thing as well that was why because... the screams ensued because people would be like we need to get the windows get the curtains closed there's me like just thinking of my own experience there like i just didn't want to be seen oh when the reality God. is that we, we had, had to, to take the hijabs off for pe yeah. yeah i think yeah, that was, was a thing for pe that, was, but that I, was probably I the main remember. reason why we were so quick to get the curtains closed I feel like my school didn't make so you. I can't remember. I was in the girls' PE because I was like, I used to get bullied so badly in boys' PE. So like I was with the girls, which was fun. I never did PE. I used to sit in the back singing Bollywood songs with the smokers. I actually, I actually used to love PE. Apart from <laughs> country, for obvious reasons, I hated PE lessons. Were actually quite a lot of fun. I only like the, the yoga ones we did. Bench ball gives me some great memories. We got some. We had some very violent games of bench ball and dodgeball. Is that when you like stand... the wand on a bench and someone fucking lobs a ball at you? Yeah, and then they get on the bench as well. Um, I think one thing that was quite nice about having just the girls' school is that we got very like competitive. We weren't sat there thinking about how we looked too much in a setting of just mm. the other girls around us mm. so we we got pretty like we got pretty violent i think was that just me being competitive were you as violent as well in your PE lessons i was violent as fuck but i was told to take it down a notch because i was male and the, i was in the girls team <laughs> but but <laughs> yeah um, that's not there fair was, like, a, there's a gr- there was the popular girls and uh, they were bitches they were not nice like they were like the popular mean girls right and they were like they would always petition to take me off the team and um like oh he's a boy no and i was just then like fuck off and they and they used to like oh, they yeah. used to bombard me so like i would hate playing because they would like pinpoint me out so whatever sport we did they would like get me it's somehow funny. um but then the pe teacher who is actually like an amazing human being i love her um she was she, she was like um it's so basically the bitches were like we should vote we don't want mia in here and um everyone voted for me to stay 
And, uh, and the teacher was like, well, that mm. failed, didn't it? And I was like, ah. yeah, she was really Aww. nice to me. And she's the one that like always like protected me in ways. Like it was, yeah, she was, she was lovely. She, she was the one that made like PE bearable and she never made me play if I didn't want to. So it was really nice. The fucking school I, was like, trauma fan. Yeah, there's a, there's definitely it was definitely a troubling time, but I think I'm in a position personally now where obviously I'm a lot more comfortable. I've been in, you know, your body stops changing drastically after a certain point, so I'm pretty used to it. And since I have started working out, because other than playing like one match of netball here and there, I wasn't doing anything like zero exercise, zero physical activity. But now I'm like really enjoying it. Like I've been feeling strong. Like we were using proper like barbell weights the other day, doing like squats with it, like chest press, all that jazz. And yeah. I'm like, yes. you can't, you can't touch me right now. Can't touch the dude. Good do, do, job. Do. I'm. <laughs> Maybe I need that something. Too. I love that. Yeah, it's it's quite a nice Good feeling, on, yeah. but yeah, that's Good kind on. of been my journey with like weight and exercise and like my body and that kind of physical capacity what would you say your experiences in summary have been within those realms bad pretty bad uh i actually <laughs> i'm pretty sure oh my god i yeah i i mean unconfirmed but also trigger warning uh for like eating disorders i think my first year i didn't eat because I was scared of gaining weight. I really genuinely think that I didn't, that I was watching my weight way too acutely in first year. Um, and it never got like super, super bad. That's why I said unconfirmed. Um, but uh, when I look back, it, I lost a lot of weight that year. And then the next year I did gymnastics and I got stronger. Um, my relationship with weight at the moment is actually okay because um it's I was scared when you laugh. Yeah, it goes back to lockdown. But when we first got locked down, um, I was really like conscious of uh, what I looked like in the mirror. Um, and it would really, it would be quite upsetting, especially back in Birmingham, because I the lifestyle here is a lot more lethargic and you don't, you just don't move as much. Um, and I remember feeling like during the summer just like I was ballooning like I just felt like so out of control and I was punishing myself with exercise that I didn't want to do and then I was hating myself for not doing the exercise because I didn't want to do it um, and it was like a really vicious cycle and I only really broke out of that broke out of that when I started yoga um, because that was uh focused more on like feeding my mind and like my inner peace as opposed to like consciously trying to exercise my body but this is linked to my ACL in a way so um a lot of the exercise I've done since I tore my ACL was to do with like keeping my body conditioned I felt like if I don't do the exercise that I hate which is like basically go to going to the gym and doing cardio and doing weight training then I'm going to go back to that space where I'm fragile and easily broken um so yeah it's been a weird relationship with weight because as much as I'm 
trying to do exercise that um like feeds me in my head and like makes me feel better as opposed to like punishing myself I feel like I'm always acutely aware that like if I lose my muscle mass and I just put on fat then I'm going to be weaker in my legs so it's it's really weird but I've I felt like I feel okay about weight at the moment sorry that was really long and tangenty it's really hard to like um paint a picture about (laughs) body image yeah it's it's really strange but I I would say like I I'm just like a lot more forgiving of myself now because I mean this is mainly because my knee hasn't been giving me any issues um like touch wood obviously um so because of that I don't feel the need to do like things that I don't that don't make me happy um so I just do yoga at the moment and I try not to look in the mirror too much (laughs) yeah and also I'm not wearing any clothes that don't have like an elasticated (laughs) no I don't wear any clothes that don't have like elasticated waistbands so at the moment I'm fine but I feel like when we go back into society and we have to start wearing like normal clothes again things might change the way time in my life I'm actually looking in the mirror and I'm like okay that's because (laughs) you're getting a fat booty and we live for it (laughs) I can't lie it's a perk yeah. Um, but yeah, Mia, what would you <laughs> enough so about good. me? <laughs> um what would you how would you sum up your your relationship with like weight and exercise and that kind of space, Mia? Um so trigger warning, I'll talk about uh eating disorders as well. <laughs> so tap out if you need to. Um <laughs> but yeah, um I've always had an issue with my weight because my family and everyone around me used to call me fat. Um, being in an Asian household, it's 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 absolutely fine to say that. Oh, you're fat. You gain a bit of weight. Ha ha ha. And I'm like, look at yourself, love. And apparently, that's not right to say because I'm like, how can you tell me I'm fat when you sit there looking like a beluga whale, fam? Um, <laughs> but um, honestly, it's fucking <laughs> double standards in these motherfuckers. But um, yeah. So I, when I first started taking my antidepressants, it really curbed my appetite. And I realized I could use it to my advantage. Um, so I used to go to the gym every day. Every day. And then every evening, I would eat a single chicken breast with steamed veggies. Um, and then after I ate those steamed veggies, I would sit for, you know, a couple of minutes and say, oh, I've got to go do my homework. And I'd nip upstairs and throw up. Um, and then, the, but what, like... How do I put this? I'd make sure, like, I was very like, hmm, I can't collapse because then they'll realize what I'm doing. So I used to make sure I, like, consume a bit of food each day. Do you know what I mean? Um, But yeah, it, like, (laughs) it was not a good time. I lost shit tons of weight and I actually started to wear a lot of layers. So it still looked like I was the way I was before, but I was actually wearing two t-shirts and a jumper. Um, all my ribs were out, my stomach was all in, um, and it was it was not a good stage for me. And then I gained weight again. Um, after sort of like two months of doing that, the side effects of the um, antidepressants sort of like normalized. And then I was like, 
Mm. I can't do this. And my GP was like, bitch, what, you need to fucking stop this. And I was like, okay. Um, so he, he, he got me a, um, a eating plan, which was really helpful for me. And then I started to eat normally again after like six months. Um, but then I gained weight, oh. a lot of weight. And uh, well, I was, in my head, it's a lot of weight. I probably looked completely fine and normal. Um, you know, prior to lockdown and like, you know, I think like Stacy has seen me in like a bikini and a swimsuit when we went to Parma together. I even thought like I thought I was big then. Do you know what I mean? Even though I was like in skimpy, like, you know, fairly um, you know, exposing um swimwear. I was just like, oh fuck it, I don't care anymore. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I've always had this issue that I'm overweight and then coronavirus happened and bam my mental health deteriorated and the, um, unfortunately I uh, stress and emotionally eat. So, um, and I also have this thing, uh, I suffer with something called um, emotionally unstable personality disorder, which means I, one of the triggers that I have is instant gratification. So instead of thinking, oh, I probably shouldn't eat this because then, you know, in the long run, it's going to be better. I should probably just do some exercise for now and drink some water. My head goes to, I'll order McDonald's because I can have a McFlurry within a couple of minutes. Yay. Um, and that's instant gratification. Um, but I'm a lot easier mm. on myself. Like normally I'd be like, you're disgusting. And I'd be like really like harsh on myself. But um, I know that we're in a global pand- pandemic. This is I hate this phrase, but unprecedented times. <laughs> um, but you know, you know what I mean? Like it's it's not normal, the situation that we're in. So I can't treat my body normally, you know? Like I don't have the same routine. And, you know, back before I moved to Birmingham, I did a lot of exercise. I used to love going to the gym. I was a gym rat. Could you imagine me as a gym rat? I used to love the fucking gym. And I can't go <laughs> to one at the moment, but the second I can, I'm I'm genuinely going to sign back up. And I know I'll lose the weight, I'll gain muscle. I want to be, I'm like, I'm toying between being a hench bitch right now, just because I'm already so tall, I may as well be a hench bitch, because, you know, I can pull it off. And, I, like, my goal isn't for mm. abs. I want big legs and big arms, <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, so, like, yes, uh... I'm in a place where, like, I've, I've learned from everything that I've been through. Um... And now I'm content and I can understand my body so much more than I used to. And that's where like the yoga and meditation comes in. That was not that brief, but hopefully that mm, makes sense. That's no, really cool. It's really like yeah, good that context. Makes sense. And I think a thing that you can definitely take from the last point you said there as well, and it's definitely something I experienced is that wherever you're at with the relationship with your body, and if you do have specific goals you want to get to, it's never like too far out of reach. Like you could be in any position in the next day mm-hmm. be like, well, I could just eat slightly differently or exercise a little bit more or just, I don't know, cut this out that's not good for me. And you do a little bit of that day by day and you start making progress. Like whatever state you get to, even if you completely stop exercising, you just eat rubbish for like weeks on end. There's always, you know, there's always the capability to get back to where you want to be. It's never it's never too far away Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah your body can change mad like quickly oh well i uh i was just gonna say that i think um 
the only thing I ever want to focus on in the future is like strength. The same as what Mia was saying. If I can get upper body strength, then that would be <laughs> a massive win. Um, but yeah, just like fuck, fuck losing weight and like aiming to look a certain way. Like our bodies will react differently to the exact kind of same like exercise regime or diet or something. Um, as long as I feel strong in myself, I feel like that's literally the only yeah goal I can have now. I feel like we're all at the yeah. moment in like a pretty good relationship with our bodies from what it sounds like compared to what we have been through. And that's really nice to hear. For sure. Mm, snaps to everybody. <laughs> Last topic we're going <laughs> to delve into, something I didn't really know much about. I, I'd not heard this term until recently, um, but some of you may have heard it. Um, I know Jamila Jamila has spoken about this before, for example. Um, the concept of body positivity versus, versus, not versus, versus body neutrality. <laughs> Are you like yes, familiar with uh... the concept of body neutrality? I will give like a definition and everything, but have you heard of it before? Because I hadn't. I haven't heard of it. I have. I'll give I'll give you some some context. Um, so I found a couple of good articles. So so body positivity derives from the fat acceptance movement that came out of the the late sixties, um, and I think it's evolved definitely into something that's it's it's a really tricky one so i'll read you a bit of an excerpt from an article i found on um the independent and it said if body positivity is about loving your body regardless of whether it fits in society's beauty ideals or not body neutrality is more about simply accepting your body if loving your body feels too hard body neutrality is more attainable the idea is to think less about what your body looks like and more about what it's capable of and there's a blogger called stephanie uh yeboa who spoke to the guardian a few years ago and she talked about the fact that body positivity has become a buzzword and it's alienated the people that created it now in order to be body positive you have to be acceptably fat size 16 and under or white or pretty it's not a movement that i feel represents me anymore and if if this movement had been called fat acceptance in the first place none of these people would have jumped on it because it's got the word fat in it Fat is still associated with ugly. It's very easy to say we shouldn't concentrate on bodies. But for some of us, we have no choice because everyone else is. And I think I'd never really thought too much into it. But as the more I read about it, the idea that body positivity is something that's almost owned by these pretty skinny influencers on Instagram telling people to be happy out with how they look mm. is like wild. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I really like the idea of body Oh, is a concept where you're happy with, with not even not happy but your, your body is what it is you accept your body and you think about what it's capable of you think more in the way of you know my body takes me from a to b you know my body lets me breathe my body lets me sleep mm-hmm. just the idea that I how you feel isn't connected I... to your appearance i like that yeah thoughts <laughs> there's it's weird because body positivity like all movements ever me too like i don't know like all of them they seem to get they get co-opted by people who push the original you know people is made for out and then it becomes a 
it becomes a it's almost like an oppression oppression tool it's like body positivity is like a like a dog whistle for shaming people who feel a certain way about their bodies um forcing very specific body shapes like into you know the popular view it's very 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 weird i love i really love the idea of um just yeah just taking away the i don't know how to word this on what Um, your body looks like yeah yeah (laughs) yeah exactly like why do we is it why have we commodified (laughs) body shape and things like that to a point where even in supposed acceptance of all body types there seems to be a rule book it's so straight when you see plus size models on the runway they're obviously a specific type of plus size because it's I think I read once that it's the type of plus size where the face doesn't look fat so you know you're plus size in your body but your face actually still looks you know palatable to the like mainstream media eye um yeah I think it's insane I think I think it's quite ableist as well (laughs) like bodies that don't look yeah it's just a lot of things I think the article the initial um I mean look at this just yeah the initial article um that I read on the independent raised the point of the fact that body positivity is something that doesn't cater to trans women women of color and disabled women just Mm -hmm. in any way Mm -hmm. shape or form yeah it's very much this sense of like i don't know if it freaks you out too but like do you know how you have like certain i don't want to say instagram brands but like brands that are big on instagram and they have like curve um specific Mm -hmm. instagram accounts like I don't know if this mm-hmm. company actually has one, but let's say Boohoo Curve has its own Instagram and every single model yeah. is like the same shade of beige. Their face looks skinny, their waist looks snatched and they have like a big butt and big thighs and you're calling that curve. And it's just like, okay, yes, they're, they're evidently they have curved them, but like, ha- like it just, it's not represent, like and for me, it's not representative of the actual consumer, which like I understand yeah. and like couture or like whatever like runway where you know there's still a lot of like skinny white bitches or whatever right but like and it actually there's more and more diversity coming up in like runways and stuff like that which is important to acknowledge but I just think when it comes to curve like it's glamorizing a certain kind you know what I mean like it's the same mm-hmm. with um like when black people or like anybody ethnic was being brought on to do runways and stuff in the past it was always really light skin people or mixed people and it was like this version of black is okay because it's the most conformative or like similar to us and it's like they're doing the Mm. same thing with um curve or like you know body positivity and it's just like now um, I actually have a friend of mine who does a lot of body positivity posts. Um, I'm not going to say their name because, you know, I've not got permission, but they're someone that I genuinely really look up to. Um, like they're younger than me and everything, but like, they're just really awesome and they're really cool. And their version of positive body positivity is just authentic 
And that's what I think this these movements and things don't have is authenticity and, you know, the sense of this is a real human being, you know, like, and it's like, that's what like really irritates me about this entire thing is that like, yeah, we're talking about, you know, plus size or curve or whatever you want to call it. And it's just like, what, like, there's no authenticity and it just fucks me off. And then there's that whole mm. glamorizing plus size people or anything like that when it's unhealthy, et cetera, et cetera. And like, dude, no, like, that, <laughs> like, I'm sorry, but I'm edging more towards like, you know, a size 16, which is technically classified as like curve clothing. And I'm like, I'm in no way, shape or form unfit. Like I can still like, I I, I would consider myself fairly healthy or fit. You know, it's just, mm. I have a little bit more mass to me. Is it because I'm a big tall bitch? Yeah. Like, you know, it's just. I wish we could get to the point where we didn't need to necessarily like pick borderline cringe titles for yeah. different sizes. Like having like yeah. P versus plus size is like like light and day like how different do they sound petite makes you sound like cute and tiny yeah tiny and just makes you sound like a beluga whale i don't want to be beluga like i wish they just didn't have i wish we could get to a point where they didn't need to put these like titles on it just make your clothing cater to everyone without feeling the need to like ostracize people yeah i just think we should i can't wait to get to a point where all bodies are just viewed viewed as the shells they are because I think it's almost ah oh, it's really hard to describe like why do we have to why when we see a body that's bigger than like us or smaller than the person who's viewing it why does that have to be like the headline of what is going on in that image or what is going on in that ad campaign or what is going on on that tv show or that film like why is it and i guess we know we know why it's because like you know, just society and the way it is but wouldn't it be nice to get to a point where it's not groundbreaking for that to be a case but i guess there's so many barriers that are in the way and and there's a lot of barriers that need to be broken i put that in air quotes um but yeah it just really long i i think i long for a you know a utopian society you know race (laughs) and (laughs) race and body size and everything like that you know i've seen a lot of stuff on tiktok recently particularly about gymshark and how the fact that they're a lot more diverse with the range of women um that they portray but the the men all look the same they're all like incredibly built hench, oh that's so muscular beings whereas the women they will show different sizes and they'll they'll make colors. a real effort yeah but men they just feel the need to just be like men you should all aspire to look the same that's so interesting i remember when rihanna did um oh, she- fenty volume two and um a massive massive headline from that was that she included men of all sizes and I was like why have I never thought of this before like I never even I never even think about body diversity and I feel like it it could be a whole other episode in itself but I think the progress needs to be made to be inclusive of everyone 
take away I the literally pressure just been on the Gymshark Instagram and bitch, you are so right. Literally, like, I, like I said, I've seen people on TikTok talking about this. Um, but yeah, that that's a whole another separate story in itself. But yeah, if you're interested, look at Gymshark and look at how how very much the same all the men seem to look in their <gasps> bodies. See, they are a brand that have a Gymshark woman account, and I'm like, why? Why? Yeah, like the main the mainstream. Account the mainstream is... account has women that are like skinny and like whatever, whatever. And the Gymshark woman oh account. The first God. image on here is two black women who are not defined as skinny oh, and like you know, it's just it's it's like having a brand yeah. account for black women or a brand account for disabled influencers like this is, what are you so frustrating because uh, it's don't like understand. why can that not be on your mainstream platform you know like i don't understand why there needs to be a dedicated space for just women like obviously within reason but like do you it's, know what i mean like i just yeah. don't understand why there needs to be a separate fucking account just to be like oh this is for the women it's not the progression they think it is. Like it really is not the progression they think it is. Like you guys, you brands you are clap based okay? on the road or going off some words for that. Yeah, honestly, I'll, you know what? I'll, I think yeah. I have some high-level Gymshark people from from marketing on my Instagram, not my Instagram, my LinkedIn, because you know, a lot of marketing people just connect with other marketing people. I was gonna drop these bitches a message like, sir, <laughs> no, ma'am, no. Yes, definitely some work to be done, like across the board here. Um, But yes, to kind of round us off, um, two final points. So um, there's an anti-dieting advocate called Alice Dram Dalrymple. Interesting surname, Alice Dalrymple. Um, So she spoke to The Independent and she said that she thinks we should be striving for both body positivity and body neutrality alongside one another. She said that a lot of people think that body positivity is about loving your body and body neutrality is a starting point for appreciating what your body does rather than what it looks like. However, Dalrymple points out that this can be problematic because some people's bodies can't get them from A to B. And that doesn't mean it's not worthy of love or neutral feelings. Body neutrality should be rooted in not basing your worth on anything to do with your body, its abilities or or its looks, because those things aren't what make you the person that you are. Body positivity is a political movement that has become diluted by commercialism and misunderstanding. Body positivity started to give marginalised bodies representation and isn't about self-love. So, yeah, I think she makes a really valid point about the fact that Ah. it's good to embrace both, but it's just understanding the difference and knowing that you can accept your body for what it is and what it does oh, without loving it. Like you don't have to put the onus on it, but also you can love your body and be, be happy with it as well as appreciate what it can do. Mm-hmm. I back that. I like the vision that she um, has painted. I think brands, brands and like influencers and uh, anything in the media that should adopt body neutrality but we should all have body positivity within ourselves, like love for our own. But like, yeah, I think body neutrality should just be the default mm. in media. I think, fuck brands, man. It's capitalism really just it ruins really everything. Like, I also so yeah, that, I like that. That, that rounds yeah. us off with um, my portion of today's episode. Oh, sorry, Poonam's portion is the usually the portion term. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll finish this episode with Mia's moment. 
Hi. So today I want to talk about um, mental health. And it kind of ties in with sort of the topic we've been discussing today. But um, so in, in particular, sort of mental health and manifestation, etc. What I mean by that is, you know how you have those quotes and images um, about like, you can do it. Like, you know, all you have to do is smile today and like, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like those like cheesy quotes and stuff that we see all over like Instagram, LinkedIn or whatever. Just basically saying you're in you're in control like you know you you choose whether you have a good day or not and like that's not true <laughs> it's just really frustrating that we are currently in a climate where things are not fucking normal we're stuck at home globally people are dying left right center and it's like our a lot of def- a lot of people's default opinion is wake up happy you know if you're not woken up happy you can make yourself happy it's fine and it's like that's not true and it's like something deep rooted within sort of like spirituality and you know a lot of different cultures um you know manifestation is like manifest a good day and it will happen and it's like first of all you're taking away from not necessarily a closed practice but like a sense of you know, spirituality for a lot of people um, within the witchcraft community. It's like really frustrating to see people just being like, I'm going to manifest this. And it's like, know your shit before you try and talk about something. And it's really frustrating to me. Um, But also the sense of you can't wake up and just have a great day, you know? Um, Sometimes it's really Mm -hmm. difficult to get up and move every morning and sometimes you have really bad anxiety that's going to impact you throughout the day. Yes, we can try and make a conscious effort to be like, I'm going to power through, I'm going to move through it. But there's so much emphasis on happiness and sadness and things like that. That I think I mentioned this in, I mentioned this a lot, you know, because it's it's one of the learnings that really speaks something to me. Um, happiness is one side of the spectrum, sadness is the other side. And in the middle, there's content, the contentment. And what really mm. frustrates me is like, there's nothing wrong with having a contented state of mind in the sense of, you know what, today's not been bad. Today's not been like amazing. It's been, it's been an all right day. You know, I've got through today and that's, and that's good. That's like a huge thing for me. Mm. Um, speaking as an individual person. And it's just like, why is there so much emphasis on happiness and striving for happiness? Like when happiness is an extreme, you know, like why would you strive for an extreme? That's fucking exhausting. And there's a lot I don't understand. And, you know, it comes from like mainstream media and there's a lot of people just being like, oh, you know, just, just start your day, right? Wake up early, go for a run. And that will set you up for the day. And I'm like, First of all, I find it so difficult to wake up in the morning. And so do a lot of people. Not only just wake up, physically get, like, will yourself to get up and start the day. That in itself is an accomplishment every day. And people, it's like that's being diminished because all of these people are suddenly like happy-go-lucky. Oh God, you can do amazing things only if you try. And it's like, oh, well now I feel like shit because... I'm being told that I'm not trying. Do you know what I mean? Yep. Yep. So from my ramblings, what are your thoughts on this? Like what what like, what do you folks think? 
Okay. Um, firstly, I love everything that you just said, Mia. I agree wholeheartedly and I'm so happy because you said it so eloquently. Um, I stand the content middle ground of the cycle of happy and sad that we go through. I think that's really a goal that it's probably the only goal that we can really like find peace in so I, I really like that and that's actually something that I'm working on at the moment um yeah and yeah I used to be one of those manifested say the manifestation hoes I yeah I read the secret and I was really alarmed about how oh my god it was like manifestation in relationships and it was like if something goes wrong don't blame them blame yourself and I was like oh alarm bells it's that is so bad um they cheated oh no it's all my fault yeah it's I I thought that into literally it's like it's all gaslighting and um Aslit by a book. What is what is life? I know. I'm so vulnerable to anyway. Um, yeah, it's manifestation is just. I feel like it's a way of. It's just shit. It's just stupid. Like there's a way of thinking, uh, positively in a way that, if you focus yourself and, uh, in a certain way about them, so, almost thinking, uh, as if you've achieved them. I understand how that gives you the tools to go out and confident confidently pursue your goals like, I really understand how like visualize visualization removes a lot of mental barriers that you might put in front of yourself like I really value that but um yeah I hate the idea that if you're sad it's because you've brought that on yourself or if you're going through a really shit time it's because you haven't tried hard enough to think your way out of it and visualize like the end goal life doesn't work like that um and we should I really think that everyone should try like pursuing in a it's gonna sound really deep in a piece because amidst amidst all the rocky shitty stuff and all the really happy um you know highs that you get at least you're grounded in that foundation of like yeah it's not about it's like those tweets that are like the hand that retweets this picture of a wad of cash will get their fortunes revealed to them I like tomorrow. so many of those pictures on Instagram. <laughs> like, I'm like, you know what? Fine, I'll take it. Give me the money. <laughs> Part of me is like, if I ignore this, chain is mail. something going to happen? Like, am I going to miss? <laughs> oh my God. Modern day chain <laughs> mail. Fuck. <laughs> I also, side note, I really recommend, um, going and finding Anna's analysis on YouTube she does really good talks she does really good commentary about uh influencers that peddle this like um message to people about manifestation and she also talks a lot about um girl bosses and hustle culture so that's quite good um, which I think are very related to this as well like you know wake up and grind otherwise you won't be the girl boss the you, or girl boy boss. boss that you I mean, we've done that. The next CEO. We do not. Um, oh, I hate it. Oh. Mm. oh, that's not the progressive take they think is. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. CEO. Show. 
I am. I'm, I'm watching The Bachelor um, at the moment. Great, great television. And there's a girl that like calls herself the Queen. Like it literally comes up as her occupation on her little like nameplate thing at the side of the screen. She is the Queen, apparently. And um, she said it to this this one girl. She was like, "I'm. This is both. Pro- this is problematic on both of their parts." She said that she's the Queen, and the other girl was like, "Well, if you're the Queen, I'm the the CEO. I'm the MD." And I was just sat there like, "This is just awful." <laughs> At least they're like not ripping each other down. I kind of thought maybe she would be like, "No, no, I'm it the queen." Like actually, so you it can't really was. She was, she was like, you think oh, I'm, I'm the CEO. I'm the FD. I'm the MD. You're nothing. No. You're just a figurehead, bitch, and slapper. The one that said she she thinks herself oh, as the queen. No. They, had, they had a like Miss miss puerto rico or something on there and she came in with her crown like like really sweet woman like very pretty very pretty crown and then the queen the girl who calls herself the queen went up to her on her introduction and ripped the crown off and she was like yeah this isn't for you <gasps> what oh my god i'm sorry he's really rude she ended up leaving because um spoilers she ended up leaving because he found the the bachelor found out that she was being really toxic and bullying people get rid of this bitch guys like capitalism they want you to know that there can only be one queen you know what guys (laughs) we're all all queens right there's space for all of us okay you can be a queen yeah, we're not tearing each other down, okay? That's what they want, all right? And them being men, okay? Because it's trash, okay? Remember all of that. them, every single one. They're all fucking trash. Every all of us want to be strong, Even the one you eradicating like. the need for men day by day. Oh, my God. So I was reading an article <laughs> saying that um, eventually, in a couple thousand years, men, like, the male gene is recessive. So, like, in a couple thousand years, men won't be on the planet and we'll just, like, we'll rule. We'll just be like, ladies! Bloop, bloop, bloop. I just, I would like well, to know how we are already at a point where we can use another person's bone marrow in, um, and use that as, like, reproductive cells in another woman. Yeah! No... Oh my god, we're gonna be we're gonna be those. Oh my god, I love it. It's not asexual. I don't know. I forgot the word. You know, there's. You know what I mean. You know know what I mean. Those bitches that have babies with themselves, like. I think we might keep men though. Nah, man, I'm telling you. Like some people might. Like, not everyone will, you know, every, some people might. Nah, will evolve like, to all man, just, just be like, like harmonious <laughs> individuals. With the, and we'd so all, and we'd all we'll have all be body we'd neutral all have the by then. Sex toys, let's be honest. I keep forgetting that we would still have society. I, when I think about the future and evolution, I just think that we're going to go back to like caveman days have you or something. Seen fucking so forget Futurama. the science that we are you thinking of yeah. like the thing really where like those women show. are just like snow snow and it's like these gigantic women and they live in fucking caves? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, so I think cute. that concludes my Mia's moment. And um I'll let you just sign off by saying um mental health um 
is a tricky subject. I wish everyone the best in their journey. Don't be brought into this whole ideology that you can make yourself happy and et cetera, et cetera. That's true to an extent, but it's okay to seek help to make yourself happy, you know? Whether that's taking the first step to get therapy, whether that's taking the first step to admit it to yourself, every tiny step is a step. It's a step forward in the right direction. So I wish you all the best of luck with that. (laughs) Amazing. Thank you, Mia, for your little Mia's moment. Um, So I guess to to summarise, we've been through some pretty hefty, weighty topics and a lot of them we could probably have an episode dedicated to, but I like to think we've given some insight into a lot of areas that cross over and that that impact everyone really. Um, So yeah, that was us talking about relationships with body. Please keep an eye out for next week's episode. Thanks very much. Bye. Bye.